Welcome to the United We Scan podcast, the podcast by rural carriers for rural carriers. The views expressed in this podcast do not reflect the views or opinions of the United States Postal Service or the National Rural Letter Carriers Association. We ask that you please consult your assigned union representative for guidance in your local area. Make sure you like this podcast, share with your fellow rural carriers, and subscribe to be notified each time a new episode is uploaded. Please rate this podcast five stars where applicable and leave a comment or question for us below. Thank you. Now, here are the hosts of the United We Scan podcast. And welcome back. It's another week starting and this is episode 19. And Josh is not with us tonight. He's a bit under the weather, but we still got Bill, Mike, and James. And how was your week, Mike? My week was good. Um, I went to steward certification training on Wednesday. Um, last Saturday, I had a, a new RCA shadow me. He went to academy this week, and he was back this next set of Saturday, so yesterday. And I began training him. So let us see how that goes. There's still some question as to whether or not he's actually assigned to my route. But I said, I'm training. We'll, we'll have him train with you while we figure it out. So, okay, we'll do that. So it was a good week. How would they not know what route he's assigned to? <sighs> Remember, we're speaking about postal management. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, you know, somebody probably knows and, um, but communication, I don't know about your offices, but, uh, postmaster supervisors don't always communicate very well with each other. So let's just leave it at that. Got it. Yeah. That's totally understandable. I, uh, Worked, uh, trained the new guy a little bit last week. Um, Friday or Tuesday, I pretty much just sat back and rode and let him do his thing. Got to remind him on the, uh, not to, uh, reverse quite so much. Slow it down out on the road. <laughs> You're not blowing past a box. Um, other than that, he was out by himself yesterday and did, did pretty good. I helped him out towards the end there, but, uh. You know, they're new. That's what happens. We just keep helping them until they don't need the help. So hopefully a couple more times and he should be all set. James, how was your week? Oh, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, you know, just dealing with wondering when they were going to release the information on the Rex delay or not and stuff like that. And, of course, we had to wait until the union finally revealed it around little after four o'clock i said 459 they would release it so that way they could get out of the office before everybody started lighting up the phones but they right. did it a little earlier than that i was actually surprised with that um but had a midweek grievance meeting took a little over an hour to do but we covered two grievances in that time frame so it was well worth it got them both settled and moved on from there and other than that it's pretty much been a 
quiet week other than dealing with the Rex questions still and trying to make sure carriers in my office at least maximize the scans that they're doing to their benefit and to the accuracy that they can make it and helping them try and figure out how they want to do a um, dispute over their numbers because it's hard. You've got nothing from either side creating a dispute form yet, but we were prepared in case it went through that Saturday, every single carrier was going to walk up to a supervisor's desk and tell them we're disputing our 4241s right here, right now. And can you do anything about it? If they say no, I right there, I'd drop a class action. I even had it drawn up and ready to go just in case. And I would have been there Saturday morning just to do that. So it was nice to hear that it was relaxed for another two weeks, another kick the can down the road until we can either come up with let it be or drop it for this time and move on and do a count in six months and see where that leads us. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm nervous for everybody, you know, union, non-union. It doesn't matter. However you want to look at it, dues paying, non-dues paying. I'm worried for everybody. And it's not helping my health at all, all this stress over it. But it's because I care about everybody, everybody that's listening and everybody that's not listening to us. I care about them. So it hurts me to see it going like this, but we got to do something. Bill, how was your week there? Oh, it was fine, dandy, peachy, keen. Um, it was nice to find out that our new uh, custodial engineer with his designer sneakers, sunglasses, and uh, tropical shirts is dictating policy in the office now. Um, it's even better to find out that the district wants us out of our offices in three hours' time. And I looked at the postmaster and said, you know, we're not city carriers. He said, this is coming from district. I said, you know, they don't set national policy either, do they? And he's like, I'm just doing what I'm told. And I'm like, meh. And he did not like that. <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 it's always been my policy that if you're in fear for your job, then you're in the wrong job. And these people fear for their positions every day from this district manager we have. And uh, to equate him to being Hitler would be not far-fetched, but spot on. This guy thinks he's the word of God and the hand of God. And, you know, every time he runs into me, he just walks away because of the fact that I just say, show me in the contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll do whatever the contract says. But if you can't show me, we're not talking. And, uh, you know, yesterday, yesterday was my drop day. And, uh, again, we had another stand-up service talk. And, and the custodian was the premier speaker in the service talk. And I just sat there and said, okay. I said, thank you. And they said, why? And I said, you made my Monday morning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in there and raise so much shit, they're going to think that Mount Sinai fell on them. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so tired of people, you know, coming up with these rules, application. I, I, I really, where the hell do you people come from? <laughs> I don't understand. So, yeah, like I said, yeah, yeah, don't get stressed. Cause it. And tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to cause a boatload. Other than go. that, you know, it was nice, nice weather in the 50s and 60s. It's just beautiful out. Yeah, we had rain and snow mix and rain. It was one of those weeks. 
Yeah, same down here. We even had snow today falling. It was too warm for it to stick, but it was falling from the sky. Mm -hmm. Didn't have any of that up here, thank goodness. <clears throat> and yeah, they're, talking about, they're talking about the Aurora Borealis tonight. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to check that out. Unfortunately, probably when these people are listening to this podcast, it's already passed, but this is Sunday night. Right. They said between between 8, 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. Eastern time is the best time to see them. If you're north of, basically just draw a line across the country from uh, Michigan, the bottom part of Michigan, across the country. And north of that, you'll probably see the northern lights if you don't have clouds in the sky. That includes Kristen here in Michigan, as well as myself, and anybody in New York, uh Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Rhode Island, Delaware, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North and South Dakota. You might see it in Idaho, but it might be too late. Uh, the sun setting is too late for you to see it, but you might be able to. So keep if you're up late, keep an eye to the sky kind of and thing. If I grab any pictures, I'll post them on the YouTube. But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so I think tonight we had agreed on doing how to post a steward election and properly file a grievance. Sounds like a plan. I know <laughs> one of us just recently went through this. I wonder who that was. <laughs> I have no clue. Hey, Mike. Oh, that, uh, that was me. Yeah, yeah. That was me. That was. Mike, you have the floor. I have the floor. Well, um, the first thing I did uh, with my new OIC station manager was I asked him who I needed to, if I needed his permission or the postmaster's permission to use uh, the office break room to hold the, the steward election. And then once I got that, uh, I guess he talked to her and she said, yeah, let's go ahead. It's fine. Um, I got uh, the uh, form 10 from the, uh, from the NRLCA website which is both the announcement of the steward election and then the, the form that you use to report the election results back up to your, um, to your ADR, your district rep, or your DR, whoever is appropriate. Um, I filled out the form. I posted it on the bulletin board. Uh, we made a verbal announcement. And, um, and then we, we held an election. I was the only person running, so it, it didn't go. It it didn't take very long. Um, basically, everyone said no one else really wants the job. So uh, if you want it, you got it. <laughs> Those are always um, the easiest. Had the had the uh, well. Of course, they 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 made a general announcement. We pulled all the rural carriers, all the PTFs and RCAs into the break room. So the first thing we had to do was say, "Hey, if you're not a union member, you have to leave." because this is an election only for union members and the couple of people who are not members left. Uh, uh, I, I made a, a, just a brief statement and they all said, you know, Amadeus, it's yours. Um, then on the second sheet, um, you have everyone, uh, everyone who participated sign that they acknowledge that yes, this is the person we elected. Uh, they signed their name and put their route number on it, and I filled out the rest and sent that to my ADR. And 
uh, I was elected union steward. And last week I went to, um, I went to uh, certification training with my ADR. Um, we had, uh, uh, actually, uh, seven new stewards from, from our district, uh, in training. And, um, I have since gotten an email from, uh, our DR congratulating me on, um, congratulating me on uh, stepping up uh, one of the other ADRs all you know replied also and congratulated me I guess I'm just waiting for the the official letter that says that I that I have the uh, I have the honor of being the union steward for my office so yep. and those are the easy ones when you don't have anybody running against you yeah now in my first my second election at my second office was like that as well oh nobody else wanted it and they're like yep okay here where do we sign and then yep. uh my first office we actually had another carrier put a, another carrier's name on there just just ruffle feathers and so we actually had <laughs> <laughs> we actually had to hold an election and uh our boss was nice enough to let us do it take the time on the workroom floor rather than all trying to cram into the break room so uh they just handed out slips of paper and you wrote whoever's name you wanted. And then uh, we had two people go and count them and bring them back. And then when we mailed that one in to the DR at the time, we had to include the uh, voting slips with the names on them just as proof. So that's the other way of doing it when there's more than one running. Is just make sure you include the uh, the ballots or however you do to vote that the, uh, the way they're tallied up and everything is included. Yeah, I went. I went the easy way. I had my ADR come in and run the whole thing for me. Nice. Yeah. I had. Her, I. I talked. I talked with her about it first, and she's like, "Well, if you want uh, to hold an election for a steward, since nobody's a steward in your office, you can be the one to to put it up." And I said, "Can you help me with it?" And she said, "Sure." So she actually, when I first started it, she came in. She handed me the sheets I needed for it and said i needed to post this in a conspicuous place so people can see it so i talked with my postmaster my really cool postmaster and asked if i could post it between the man door and the uh, exit door for the trolleys to go out to the truck and so i posted it there it sat there for 15 days 15 days later my adr came back she grabbed the sheet off the wall walked out onto the workroom floor and called out if anybody else wants to run for steward three times, which is what you're required to do. And no, nobody came up and did it. And then after she she closed it and congratulated me for being elected for it, uh, somebody who doesn't like me in the office and hasn't liked me since she transferred to our office because she's lower seniority than me, <laughs> um, got upset and said, we had no notice. And my ADR turned around and said it was posted on the wall by the exit for 15 days. If you didn't see it, that's your problem. So, yep. and since then, I I was elected steward. She only had to have me sign it because I was the only one running un, uncontested. And I got sent to training and had Zoom training at the time because this was still during the COVID fiasco. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And did the Zoom training two days of that, and then was elected, uh, was officially a steward at that point. And since then, I've been like Bill and 
haven't taken my foot off the gas, keeping my uh, office in line, <laughs> even with my grievances. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to go to certification training the second time because I was still certified from previous, so it hadn't been a full year yet between the office switch and when I came, so that was even nicer too. She just sent out the letter and transferred my certification from the one office to the other. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, have the our, only we have a recertification on the 9th of May, the right. day after we get back from mid states basically. Yeah. <laughs> my mine is uh the 12th of May, that Friday. I get to go to Gaylord for that. It was when the mm. DR called me the other day and verifying my email, she basically uh was uh oh yeah, she goes you kind of have to drive no matter where you go, don't you? I said, "Yep." She goes, well, we got one gun Gaylor coming up real soon, and we'll have another one in Saginaw shortly after. So I'm like, well, I got the notice for Gaylor. So I'm like, yeah, it's a Friday. I'll go, and then I can pick up my daughter afterwards and bring her home for the weekend. Boy, you guys need to come to Westchester. You, you have boring elections. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I, I was elected steward uh, 18 years ago. After two years of putting up with the carrier bullshit, I said, oh, no, no, <laughs> I can't deal with this much, much stupidity. But um, was it uh, two and a half years ago, I ran against the ADR, who's in my office, the DR, who is basically his stepfather. Um, he came to the office and we were having discussions in our break room. Uh, one of the carriers uh, almost punched out the uh, DR. Uh, me and the ADR almost went toe-to-toe -to -toe on it. <laughs> <laughs> so they canceled it and put it back two weeks and had it all off uh, property. And the ADR in my office, and who was steward for five years, lost to me. <laughs> and, 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 and as of as of tomorrow, I will have filed 143 grievances in my two and a half years. Nice. Dang. Wow. That doesn't that doesn't beat out one of the offices here in, in uh, southwest southeast Michigan. Uh, one of the offices here is filing thirty grievances a day. Wow! What, when do they have yeah. time to sleep? Do they run a route? I think. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do they do, do they do anything pesky like deliver mail in the meantime? Or I I believe they have one hundred and twenty routes in that office. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they should have more than one uh, steward then. Yeah, and not only that, because of the amount of grievances they're filing against management, the ADR is literally almost living there. She practically has a cot in the back room. <laughs> well, that's that's that was the only question um, they had was because we have two offices in my town. They the initial question was, um, did I? need to post it at both offices and the ADR said no just post it at your office then we'll decide later whether or not we need to have a, another election uh, for the main office or whether we'll just uh, make you the chief steward and just put you over both offices so and we had a question we'll... and can all offices have one steward even if it's small yes even one route offices can have a steward that one carrier in a one route office can also be the steward so yes, all all offices can have a steward no matter the size. It's over fifty routes, isn't it? One per fifty routes if it's a big huge office. Correct. Correct. 
And the only way you cannot be a steward of an office is if there are no rural routes in that office. Yep. If it's an all city office, you can't can't be a steward over it. I'm actually wondering how they're going to work this out if they actually do centralize the the offices into the PD and C's. How they're going to work out the stewards that are in all those offices and stuff like that. If they're going to turn it around to the chief steward and stewards, or are they going to do it by zip code or what they're going to do with that? Yeah, that's going to be. I noticed the one coming up for Michigan, the SDNC is they're going to be moving. It will be out of Jackson. It'll have uh, Leslie, Pleasant Lake, Brooklyn. And I think Hopkins was the other one that are all going to be out of the Jackson post office. It, it's, it's all the PDNCs. Yeah. They're, they're putting a lot of the routes in the PDNCs. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, the, the rule for it was within 25 miles of the PDNC. Yeah. If I recall correctly, which means that the one office that I had a problem with the postmaster at is close enough to be dragged into the PDNC but my office is not <laughs> my That's... office is actually, I believe it's 27 and a half miles from the PDNC. So they won't pull it in there. <laughs> Even though my route where my route starts, it's like 23 miles from the PDNC. <laughs> and as a local steward, you don't really get paid extra um, as a regular carrier being a steward. Anytime you're doing steward duties, you go into Z time which then after eight hours you get a day off similar to o time and uh, stuff like that uh, as an rca that steps up to be a local steward all your steward time is green card time so. and that's that's the benefit you get of that unless you're working every single day and doing steward on top of that and you bust 40 even though you've been doing evaluated routes under time yep. then you lose money <laughs> depending yeah Depending, yeah. Well, where they do these PDCs, I heard that the steward selection for the chief steward will be done via the lip test. Whoever has the softest lips. As I'm putting chapstick on. Now. Are you softening up yeah. the lips, are we? Yeah. Now, now, is that just butt kissing or is that something uh, uh, else? Let your mind go where it goes. You know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not, you know, telling you what to think. Oh, we're not. We're not. You, <laughs> we're you know that. We're talking about that. We're, we're stewards. We're rabid dogs. Yeah. Trust me. The, the butt yeah. kissing is carrier discretion. <laughs> yes. You, That's what uh, I was thinking. Supposedly. When I posted a, a, a throwback of the shot glasses, and and the one <laughs> comment was, uh, "Is that the uh, carrier discretion shot glass?" I'm like, "Oh, that's an idea." Yeah. <laughs> Put those up there with t-shirts. Carry to them, and everybody can play along. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. I was going to say, in, uh, in that vein, you know the difference between uh, brown nosing and ass kissing, right? Enlighten me. The smell? Uh, depth perception. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Now anyway. Should, yeah. Uh, the proper way so, of filing a grievance. 
We are. Well, wait, we, we, did have, wait huh? we had another question on. We had another question on stewards. Okay. How is a chief? How is a chief steward selected? Again, depends on how soft your lips are. <laughs> no, it's actually based. It's actually based on number of votes oh. in the election. When you hold an election for stewards, the top votes become the stewards depending on how many routes you have after 50 routes you get an extra steward so if there's two people running and you have 51 routes you have two stewards and the one that gets the most votes becomes the chief steward over the office and then the other ones become local stewards for the office that's how it works never worked in an office that big so i had no experience in that so the yeah. next question to follow on that is how do you divvy, divvy up the routes between the chief steward and the local steward? You don't. They all they both work together. It's just a yeah. way that it's just a way to cover handling the amount of grievances that could occur with that many routes around. And the chief steward basically is there to oversee the rest of the stewards and well, make sure everybody's coming yeah, up. I don't like the chief steward, okay? And he doesn't like me. But when you put your steward hats on, you guys work together. It's, uh -huh. it's the same as same as when you're a carrier versus a steward. When you're a carrier, you're you're a sub subjugate to the management per the per the contract. You're subjugate to the management. And when you become a steward, you're equal to management. So you can yeah. you can. You can be soft and kind to management when when you're just a rural carrier. But when you become a steward, you are equal to them. You can actually argue with them, politely argue with them. You never <laughs> get you never never get angry, never raise your voice, but you can dispute with them on a more equal level. The reason why I say you don't raise your voice is because you want them to lose their cool not you you want to keep your head in the game keep your head your mind on the goal because in the end you want your side to win even if it means you have to settle with them you're still going to be kind straightforward and honest because everything in the post office is treat, treating each other with dignity, fairness, and respect. And you can laugh at that all you want, but that is the main goal, is dignity, fairness, and respect. And if you provide that and they don't, you've already won against them because you're already in their minds so deep that they're frustrated, they're angry at you, and you're just doing your job. Or you can now, have the bill approach. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, no. still, I'm, I'm still mad about him saying that I'm equal with them, and I don't ever want to be that stupid. <laughs> well, Just throwing that out there, you know. Man, well, the reason why I say equal is is to not hurt management's feelings. Right. Oh. <laughs> okay. We know we're we know we're better than them at knowing the contract and knowing what rural carriers are supposed to do, and it's our job to educate them on that. So, with that being said, Kristen, yes, what's sir. the first step you do when you 
think you have something worth a grievance. Well, since we are the only craft, the only union, that says your steward cannot initiate the grievance for you, you, yourself, must go have a discussion with management about the issue. If you cannot come to an agreement, that's when you say, well, you can consider this my step one discussion, and please print out that 8191 grievance form. That's the very first step. Management is supposed to print out this form for you. And there is a spot for them to initial or sign and the date on which they did. If they that's, that's, that's the date of discussion. It's not, yes, yeah, not the, the date, date of incident. discussion, yes. And you have 14 days from the date that you discover. Yes, you are aggrieved. We're aggrieved. <laughs> that you were aggrieved to file the grievance. That doesn't mean 14 days from date of incident. If you are not weren't present from the date of incident, this actually comes in a lot of times with RCAs if they're not following the matrix accordingly and they skip over a primary and call somebody else. You may not know about it till later on. If it happens on the workroom floor right then and there and you are completely aware of it at the time it happens, then yeah, it's 14 days from incident, but it is supposed to be 14 days from when you become aggrieved that you have to file the step one. And, and with the 8191... For an, for an example of that, for two examples of that, the first one, okay, management turns around and tells you that We'll, we'll use this one because they've been doing this in a lot of offices. They're getting rid of uh, cases, trying to lower the number of pieces of equipment that carriers have. Rural carriers are required to have a minimum of one-inch slots for their addresses. And a lot of offices are trying to cut that down to half-inch slots or whatever for addresses because mail volume's low. But our contract says you get one inch per address. And with each case, I believe it is, um, well, I know with three cases, you get 700 addresses. With three cases, you get 700 addresses. And the reason I know this is because of mine. My case, I have 660, 668 addresses, and my case is almost full. And I have no less than one inch slots in my case. I have a few two inch slots. But if management's trying to tell you, hey, I got to remove your wing because they're getting rid of equipment, but you have 750 addresses, you're entitled to that wing. And so you tell management, I need that wing for the number of addresses I have for one inch slots minimum. And management goes, okay, let's talk about this. That's one of your steps that you start. You start your discussion. Management goes, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change that. We're going to take that wing away anyway. That's when you say, can you print me an 8191 form? They put the date of the step one discussion on it and initial it. So that way, you know, they know that they saw it. And then you go into filling it out. And how do you fill it out? 
Mike, how do you fill out a grievance form since you're fresh out For, of certification? Uh, since I'm fresh out of certification, the 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 grievant, the person filing the grievance, fills out the the first four uh, the first four lines or the first four boxes uh, on the grievance form, um, and then the the fourth uh, the fourth box where you say what is what is the issue it's like jeopardy you have to ask it in the form of you have to make it in a form of a question so did you know did uh, did management violate the national agreement and something to the effect of did did uh, the management uh, violate the contract and uh, postal or po and or postal manuals when they did x whatever whatever your whatever your issue is in james's case it's, are they violating by uh, trying to by attempting to take away the care of uh, a wing from my route, something to that effect. It would be, and then it, the question would be: Did management violate the contract? Because it's a contract, because it says one inch slots in our contract, and or postal manuals PO six hundred three, which is rural carrier duties and responsibilities, as well as the uh, manager's guide to managing. Uh, rural the rural craft there's another uh postal manual there the so you want to put that in there the m38, the m38. Yep. yes thank you um when uh, taking away the wing from carrier so-and-so and just put a question mark and then next step would be bill what's the next step after they fill out the question on the on the grievance form well the next step on there is you're going to put your con uh, contract provisions articles and at issue well, that's that's yeah. the steward's job that's that's what, the steward, what, yes. what what does the carrier do with the with the 8191 after he's filled out uh numbers one through four well i hopefully hopefully he's going to get it initial as uh, a timely grievance He's going to, he, he, the, the, the uh, grievant is going to either give it he to his have... local steward or. No. Yes. Well, the, the, well, you, when you have your step one, okay, you got to do the, you know, the initial uh, from the supervisor there. Mm -hmm. That actually is just saying whether or not, you know, they received it. There also has to be, uh, you have to fill out the timeliness of it too, mm -hmm. because it has to be, you know, timely. Then once you do the issue or the complaint, that's where you're going to bring up the uh, the contract provisions, where the carrier, where I have in, the carriers do, is give it to me, because of the fact that they aren't aware of the contract provisions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so after, and, and, so and after, in my contract provisions areas, I always put in, including but not limited to. And then I list the provisions to the the. Uh, case in regards to what they refer to yeah so once once you filled out one through four contact your local union representative whether it be your local steward your adr your dr whoever is your contact you can find that out in your union magazine that you get or the nrlca website and with the NRLCA website, you do not have to be logged in to find out who your steward is. That is accessible 
to dues-paying and non-dues-paying members. You can figure that out by just going to the website and under, um, what's that tab? It's the tab on the far right, uh, and you scroll down to find my local steward. Find my steward is what it's called. And it, then you enter enter your zip code, and it will tell you who is over your office for that zip code. Now, be sure to check all the zip codes in your office because some of us have multiple zip codes and we're only listed for one zip code in that office, but not the other. So if you have a local steward and they're listed under one zip code, but not the other, you'll go to that local steward because they cover the entire office, all the zip codes. Yep. And if you're on a computer looking at it, you're going to go not log. You don't have to be logged in. You go over to the far right to departments, down to steward operations, and it pops up. Find your steward is the first uh, choice. And then it lets you put in your zip code after that. And you don't have to be logged in to do that. And in my case, it still has my DR listed as for my office. But anyways. So... That's the simple process. Carriers only have to fill out numbers one through four. Number one and two are, no, one, two, and three are a little bit uh, spread out, A, Bs, and Cs kind of thing. Personal but information for four, the most part. Personal information, your name, your, your, um, your designation, your craft, and, well, your um, assignment. Your, like for me, it would be rural carrier designation 71 and the route you run if you're an rca Kristen, you're what do you put be, in that spot you're going to be either a designation 78 a designation 79 if you're holding down an ox route or a designated 74 if you have been the primary rca on a route for more than 90 calendar days and have convert form 50 change to a designated 74 and then you, of course, you know, you put your office and your primary route number. Is your, your primary assignment. route number goes on there is your assignment. Yep. And then you fill out your phone number. You fill out your address, uh, employee, employee identification number, your address, and you fill out the office. If you're a hub and spoke office, you have multiple offices. You'll fill out the hub office in the first slot and the spoke office you actually work out of in the second slot. And then you put the phone number to the office you're in in the next slot where it says office phone number because the union needs that number in case it moves up further than that. They can call the office for more information if they need it for a RFI. And then... After that is your question as to did they violate? Yep, I and mean, if you have to send that uh, grievance off if you do not have a local steward, and so you have to send it to an area steward or an ADR or a uh, DR, make sure it's always nice to give them a phone call ahead of time, let them know it's coming, but send it certified. That way you have confirmation of receipt. Yep, send it in certified. Or if it's, you know, depending on your ADR or your DR, they may say, well, I'll stop by your office tomorrow and pick it up and you can hand it to them 
right there. Yeah, that's why Another it's way to do it. always good to, you know, call them and at least give them a heads up that you're doing it or that you have filed. That way they're not going to get sidetracked. That way if they are in the area, they can get it to you from in person or, like I said, they can direct you on whether. And if it's something that they're not going to be able to pick up right away to sign for, um, they may have you send it priority with tracking as well. So there's a – but usually you want to send it off certified. Yeah, because your steward has 14 days to, from the step one, to talk with management about it. Ten days. Ten days. Ten for the, days. Ten days for the step one meeting. My bad. I, I get those confused all the time. Yeah, 14 days to file, ten <laughs> but, days for the step one. Yeah. And you can, and the stewards can turn around and ask for a delay. An extension. In that. An extension. But they have to get management's approval to do that. Some managers are cool with that. Some managers are like, let's just get this over with. Or some management so. will flat out refuse it and then flat out refuse to meet in a step one. And at that time, it then gets notated by the steward and sent off to step two. Yep. And then step step two involves Mike. You know what step two involves? Hold on. Uh-oh. Mike, Mike muted himself. Yeah. <laughs> Mike muted himself. Bill, step two. Where does step two go? Usually in uh, the uh, toilet, but uh, <laughs> for practical purposes, uh, the step two from the local uh, steward's uh, point of view is going up to the uh, labor relations head in your district. Uh, in my case, I'm in Delaware PA2, and I have a specific in, uh, gentleman that is directed to. Um, I include all the information from the grievance except for union-related material, which I do not have to provide to them. And that material is uh, copied and sent on to your, uh, in my case, a DR. My ADR doesn't handle them. And uh, from there, it goes into limbo, basically, uh, until I get a, uh, a settlement of either a payment to a carrier or I get the, uh, the settlement of um, settling for language, which, you know, just drives me up a wall. But you have to send it, you have to send it by certified letter up to the district people, okay. and you also send it by certified letter to your DR. Yeah, and yeah, if I you are, and, and, and if you are sending it to step two, as a local or as an area, please let the grievant know that it's going to step two. Stay in contact with the grievant because if you don't, they're going to be wondering what the hell's going on. You're supposed to give them a copy. Yep. Of the grievant, they always yeah form, yeah. But with me, my uh, my ADR does that for me. I don't have to send it off myself. I actually, once I, I get through the step one, I actually uh, digitize it, scan it, and PDF it to my ADR, who then prints it off, puts it in the union file, and also sends it on to step two. Mm -hmm. Then I don't have to I don't have to mail anything or anything like that. Although that's money for the post office. It's a lot easier, and it gives a hard digital copy for the union to hold on to 
as well. So they not only if it if there's a fire or something in their in their file room, they have a digital copy of it on the cloud. So but that's just my personal way of doing things with my ADR. Um, but the true way to do it is exactly how Bill described it. And I, I do it the old fashioned way because of the fact that, you know, that's still the mandated procedures for my district. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we, we can uh, do it digitally, but we still have to do it in hard copy. Yeah. And you also keep a copy for yourself for your steward records. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. I have a four drawer filing cabinet and it's <laughs> filled already. <laughs> yeah, and if if you are if you become a steward, um, the union will most likely, supposedly, <laughs> uh, pay for a storage system for your grievances. Now. Okay. That means you turn a receipt in with an expense voucher and hope you get reimbursed for it. Yes. And for me, for like me, I could have a filing cabinet at the office or at home with it. But the key to that is, is when you get decertified, you leave the post office, you no longer are a steward. You have to turn that equipment back in. But when you get decertified or retire and stop being a steward, you have to turn in all your files as well mm -hmm. so it, it really is just load the file cabinet up on a uh, dolly and ship it off to them don't ship it usps <laughs> <laughs> what? that poor carrier <laughs> depending on how many grievances you file i for one in the last seven years eight six six years, seven years of being a steward. I've only actually had three grievances. Uh, two of them were okay. in my first office. And then the other one I had in this current office and that ended up going to step two and then getting withdrawn because that grievance, which I did not know ahead of time, uh, actually took a highway contract route in another office. And yes. before I had a chance to get heard at the step two level, he was off the USPS payroll. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I've, things like that happen. <clears throat> since I since I became a steward, um, I've only had six. So I got a good management team, though. They usually listen to me, so it's not a big deal. But when you have management like Bill deals with or oh. the other the other manager I talked about, you know, the number will be higher. If you have a lot more routes in your office, the number probably will be higher. You know, if you have a very small office, like like uh, Kristen was saying, if you have one route, you're the only rural carrier and you're the steward, you may only have grievances when you have a problem. Now, yep. a lot of people say if it affects if it affects all rural carriers in the office, it's a class action. But if you're the only rural carrier, it's not a class action. <laughs> as much as you want it to be well can't can't you cite me myself and i that would be three that would be a class action <laughs> no it's me, it's me myself and irene get it right Jim uh, Perry. no all righty then 
Alrighty. <laughs> Somebody gave their rage away. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just I just got done watching watching The Mandalorian and Picard. So. Oh yes, yes, yes! Great show. Great show. Grogu, anyway, Grogu is the man. Grogu is awesome. <laughs> I love that little dude. Um. Yeah. Step six. <laughs> so if if your stuff gets moved up to step two, it may take longer. There are there are maximum time frames on step twos as well, but most often they end up continuing them for a later date. Um, I have one that's been step two for six months because of all this wreck stuff. They've been dealing with at the offices, so they've been holding the step twos, all step twos practically in in my district. But um, it takes a little bit. But once that step two moves on or gets settled or stayed or whatever, then the the DR should contact your local representative. And their local representative should step up and say, hey, by the way, your grievance just went up to step three or was settled, and this is what they're going to do. But don't expect a payment anytime soon. Right? <laughs> but That's a whole other topic on itself, GATS payments and getting... Uh, yeah. yeah. And then if it moves up to step three, this is where it starts getting more fun. Step three is what, Bill? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Mine, mine either go to two and get settled or they go to four. I've got five at four right now. Um, I haven't even seen a step three. <laughs> I'd have to look it up. Chris, Kristen, either of you got it? That's where your regional takes it in, and it's possibly pre-arbed at that point, but not necessarily. If they can't resolve it at a step three regional level, then it will go up to four. Yeah, like where our executive committee people step in. Yes. That's where you get into national is at step four. And that's where you've heard it all through this rec stuff. We've got a step four grievance. National cannot start a step one, step two, or step three. They automatically start at step four up there, and that is completely pre-arbitration. Literally, we're going to discuss this or we're going to arbitration. And that's when they go to somebody who's possibly not a judge, not a lawyer, not involved in the courts at all, but can make a decision, a uh, sustained decision that the courts will recognize. That's how we got Rex, was an arbitrator. Um, That's how we got you know, the tier pay system. Yeah, tier pay system. Yep. Yep. And arbitration is like the last ditch effort. Now, we always, we always say arbitration is bad, but the reason why arbitration is bad, and this comes from actually a friend of mine who's a lawyer, he went to arbitration over a lemon law case 
where uh, le- every every state in the country has a lemon law. This this friend of mine actually wrote the book on lemon law, and he went to arbitration against one of the big threes. And when they went to arbitration, they had offered well, it's either zero or this amount. They actually had two set amounts. They both agreed to if the arbitrator decides one way or the other. They get into the arbitration, and the arbitrator decides that my friend's client gets almost double what they had offered to take from this auto manufacturer. Arbitration people don't have to follow the rules, don't have to follow the laws. They can make a decision on how they feel, and that's why arbitration is a very scary thing for a lot of people. You can get a big windfall. You can lose a lot. You can get a program that still doesn't work after 12 years. <laughs> that's the risk you take by going to arbitration, but that's the only contractual option we have. And arbitrators yep. do have the power to remove management from their positions. Yes, arbitrators so. can actually fire management without cause. Mm-hmm. They can just say, we don't like you, you're, you're out. Yep. <laughs> and that's it. And management doesn't have a union like we do. At least if an arbitrator tells a carrier, yeah, you get out, we have a union to back that up. Yeah. Of course, some managers deserve it. <laughs> some don't. So we'll go with that. So. So in a nutshell, but, that's that is the uh, go back over it. Yeah, in a nutshell, that is the how to hold a steward election and how to file a grievance. So just as a reminder, if you're just a carrier filing a grievance, first thing you do is you have your discussion with management. Try to resolve it at the lowest level. A discussion with management most often settles it right then and there yep. most often and if you can settle it right then and there and say hey look this is wrong can we do it this way instead manager goes i see your point we can do that instead if the manager goes no no i want it this way and that's the end of it then you go all right this has been our step one discussion print me an 8191 and sign that you we had our discussion today and I'll fill it out and give it to our steward. You fill out numbers one through four and turn it into your steward. And then your steward takes it from there. If you have any questions about it, contact your local union representative. And if you're looking for assistance and don't want to bother your local steward, you can ask somebody in your office how to do it. You can ask somebody on online that you trust how to do it but it always comes back to your steward has to be involved yep so make sure you know who your steward is and have the ability to contact them and hopefully if you're a steward these people are reaching out to you for help you're answering your phone and helping these people we need our stewards just as much as we need our carriers and we need to all work together to make sure management stays held accountable to our contract, our manuals, 
and everything else involving the Postal Service so that we can earn a fair wage for fair work. All right, so I know there was a few other topics y'all wanted to discuss a little bit. We got a little bit of time. What's the big uh, elephant in the room here, guys? The biggest thing I see is we need to stick together. There's too much infighting amongst the craft mates online. We need to stop fighting with each other. Yep. We, we know this system's messed up. We know it's a problem. We know there's not an easy solution to it. But we can't be fighting with each other over it. We can't be saying, oh, it's going to be the way it is and that's it. Or, you know, we can't we can't support the carriers that are getting this pay raise when I'm losing $30,000. We need to support each other. The people that the 33 percent getting screwed over just as much as the 66 percent. The 33 percent has been getting screwed over since 2018. Mm -hmm. The 66 percent that have gone way down. Some of that can be argued as male volume, this, that or the other thing. But it doesn't matter. We're all getting screwed over with this one way or the other. And the thing we need to do is we need to stick together and fight with management to get this right. If you can show me that my route lost $30,000 worth of revenue a year in volume and other things, hey, that's what my route did. But I'm not seeing the numbers. I'm not seeing the equations. I'm not seeing the work. Management's not being held accountable for this stuff, except in the step fours that National has filed. And we need them to answer those step fours. We need them to step up and say, yep, you know, we were hiding this stuff, but here it is. Here's how you can translate it into your own numbers. That's what we need to stick together. I definitely have to agree with that. Yep. I mean, yep. it's. I hear a lot of people complain the union this, the union that, the union this. What is the union doing for me? People, we are the union. I know a lot of people when they talk like that, they are talking about the leaders at the top table. And I understand that. But you have to remember if you are a dues paying union member, you can fight to change that. But you have to be active in order to get to help create the change. You you know, it's when it's only this and I, I have harped on this many, many times. And I know Bill has too. is, you know, when this it's just the same 20 percent voting for the same people they know, you're going to get the same results. Plain and yep. simple. You know, it's, yeah, it's, you have to be fighting the fight in order to try and make that change. And when enough people are fighting for the same thing and being active for the same thing, change starts to happen. Slowly, 
But change does start to happen. I mean, we saw a little bit of change last year. Not a great big amount, but it was a little bit. And we just need to continue that momentum and keep picking it up. Well, unfortunately, the, the change that we did have last year was due to retirement mm -hmm. and not because of people changing the direction of the board. Correct. Um, the direction yes. may have changed with the two new additions, but like I said, it was due to retirement. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, allergies are killing me. But, you know, it was due to retirement. Uh, we can go back to the, the grievance form. Absolutely. <clears throat> One of the things I wanted to put on there was when you uh, have a full detailed statement of undisputed facts, attachments. <clears throat> excuse me. Man, oh, I apologize. The, um, the biggest thing I always like to do, especially when there's a situation on a floor, um, I always like to make sure people get witnesses to the situation. Uh, that bolsters your argument, especially when management gets out of line. And that's helped me win a number of what I call the hostile work environments because of the fact that I do have witness statements from people. So when you have situation arise, arising on the floor, make sure that, you know, I always like to be a little louder without shouting. <laughs> Make sure that I have people's attention in the immediate area and they can verify, you know, the, the conversations that were going on. Those witness statements are gold when you go to, to a step two because of the fact that that gets settled real quick because they don't want EEOs. I have a gentleman in my office that he has filed three EEOs and won all three. And one of them got him 52 days of leave. Wow. Yes. And the funny thing is the first EEO was for the same, same reason. And he just, you know, had it settled for, you know, language. He had it settled for language. The second time he ha it happened, he says, oh, the hell with this. And he went and got 52 paid days. Now, the reason I bring up the witness thing is because of the fact that the rural carrier specialist actually came into the office after the first settlement where he was magnanimous and just settled for the language and getting his route adjusted uh, uh, appropriately. And the rural carrier specialist came in and, and got into his face and four of us had statements ready. So when it happened two years later where his route adjustment wasn't properly done and he filed the second EO and won, he had statements in hand in regards to the attitude and, and misbehavior of the rural carrier specialist who is the one dictating the terms for this route's adjustments. And he lost big. Now, I know there's been questions about um, grievances. Um, some of the biggest questions we see, uh, we're kind of going to go through these a little bit too before we wrap up tonight. Is it a dispute if you're cherry picking, if you cherry picking the things you believe are wrong? 
It can be. Depends on how you're cherry picking. But if it's blatant contractual against the con yep. contract, if uh, against any of the P603, and it's just a continuous thing, uh, definitely dispute it. You know, grieve it. Um, Management's always going to call it cherry picking. Yes, they will. Yeah. Because, well, you let this slide, you let that slide, but now you're grieving this. Mm -hmm. Why? They're going to do that. It's management's way of trying to keep from getting that grievance because that goes on the office record. The grievance is attached to the office it starts in. Yep. So management's going to do their darndest to try and get you to uh, re uh, repeal your grievance from it. Withdraw, yeah. Withdraw, yep. Same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, we know. I don't know about if all areas work the same. I know in mine, if I grievant wishes to withdraw a grievance, then for in my area, I have to send it to step two to be withdrawn. Oh. Once the once the grievance is in your hands, the steward, mm -hmm. you own it. You own it. The grievant has decided to file it, but if the grievant wants to withdraw it, you need to contact your higher level steward mm -hmm. to you, you who yep. you contact at your district level for guidance on that. Because once you have that grievance, the district level can say, continue with it because it's something that needs to be in writing, even though the grievant wants to withdraw it. The difference would be if the grievance wants to withdraw it, your DR goes, what's it about? Oh, it's about pay for the carrier because they were not working that day. The district rep may say, yeah, just withdraw it. So it's, di it's district's discretion at that point. Is it a grievance that you received a, a pay that you know isn't verified? Without more information on that... I guess if you were paid when you shouldn't have been, I don't know if it necessarily would be a grievance. I know if I was overpaid, I'd definitely be telling my management and getting yep. it rectified in one way or another. Um, because if you don't, then, and then they catch it later on, then you're going to get a letter of demand. And then your course, you, you know, everybody knows that you grieve a letter of demand, but even at that case, if it's an if a guarantee, if it's a genuine discrepancy that they paid you more than what you're worth, the grievance is going to fall flat. Yep. Because they're going to have all the documentation that says, well, they were paid this much when they should have been paid this much, and so we're trying to recollect that money. Uh, well, 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 it, well it, maybe. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I was going to maybe not a grievance, but uh, as an individual if if you're overpaid you need to be you need to document some sort of conversation with management saying hey you know what especially you know i know as an rca you know i kept really meticulous records of you know what routes i worked what hours i what hours i should have been paid for um i mean you should be able to you should have your own file on that to say hey this is what i worked and you overpaid me how are we going to fix this 
and yeah. I, I would I'd definitely document that discussion somehow. And it doesn't matter how honest your management is. Payroll can mess it up, too. Another instance so, I think even, of this, too, is if somebody had uh, chosen to LWAP, whether it be under FMLA or management's discretion and allowed the LWAP, and then they turned around and paid you out in annual or sick leave, then, yeah, you would have a grievance in that case because you did not wish to be paid that. Well, the, the question on this says pay that isn't verified. It could go, it could be up or it could be give you a shortage or an overage mm -hmm. the, the thing it is sit down and discuss it with your supervisor and have her print out your pay sheet okay so that you can go over it i used to hand out little notepads and pens to people and say look you start here you record your hours you know you can use this you can use your phone whatever i don't care but don't trust management to get your pay right ever and uh, most of them do use their phones that record, you know, the 4240s on there so that they have a, a running tab in regards to what days they work, what route they work, and all that information is right there. So, you know, is it a grievance? Not until you're not satisfied with how it's been verified. Uh, the next one, being a new RCA, will it make you look bad filing a grievance? Yes. <laughs> it, it, it can definitely put a target on your back, but at the same time, as an RCA, it, it, even in probationary, you have a right to file a grievance on anything but termination w when you're within probation. So if you're still a probationary RCA, you can file on anything except for if they let you go. So if you're yeah. a primary on a route and they didn't call you in when your regular called off and they called the secondary or they had the ox route carrier run it because they were already there, you absolutely do have a grievance. Um, trying to think of another one. That's usually the biggest one right there. Um, and if you're in your 90 days, and you file a grievance and you got a bad manager, they'll probably terminate you. Not because always, but... not I said a bad I said a bad manager. <laughs> and I said manager, I said manager, not postmaster, not supervisor. I said manager. Mm -hmm. Because a manager is not a not a good supervisor or postmaster. They're just a manager. They think they think they're top dog and everything goes through them and everything's perfect that they say. So, well, and and that's the problem with the hostile work environment is that people are fearful to file a grievance mm -hmm. in, in their probationary period because you know they they feel that they're going to get blackballed and be picked on and everything else. It's like, folks, as long as I'm here, you know, and you do the job to the best of your ability, you're not going to have a problem. They will, but. You won't. Hey, that that, and, that was and, an issue in my office with just the normal regular carriers, not even new ones of filing a grievance because they didn't want retaliation to be picked on afterwards. And I was like, well, right. if that happens, then we file on that too. Yep. <laughs> yep. I can't do it for you guys, you know. So going back to, you know, the new, new RCA, like James was saying, 
um, if they, if they, well, I filed agreements, they terminate you. Do you have any recourse? If it's for, a, for under in the probationary, yeah. If I you mean, if you if you're if you're a probationary RCA and you file a grievance and then in James's scenario he said well management turns around and and terminates you, do you have recourse? The the RCA may outside of the outside of the postal system postal service system, but not through the union. But not through the union and the grievance procedure. Right. Okay. Um, once once your, your DR or ADR finds out it's a 90-dayer, they're, they're going to say back off. Yep. Um, the only recourse they would have legally outside of the Postal Service would be under the Whistleblower Act. If they're reporting something that's especially something safety-related, mm -hmm. they'd, be, they'd be protected under the Whistleblower Act. And the only other option would be to file a retaliation claim yep. that's the only that's two options yeah. they have that's the only two options they have and unfortunately if your manager is willing to fire fire you over that you and they tell you well guess what now you're going to be fired for this you turn around and just say no i resign walk out the door apply at another post office because you don't want to work underneath that kind of a manager anyway right yeah uh, if I bid on a route and win it, but it changes from like a 44K to a 41K, can I file a grievance to get my old route back? No. No. That and is... here's why. When in the contract, it says once you bid on a route, it's yours. Now, I'll give you an example on mine. I took over, took over my route. It was a 43K. It had just been cut. The, the mailboxes had been moved to our ox route. Um, I took it over. I cleared out the cooking in the books and became a 41K. I couldn't do anything about it because I had lost the, the stops on my route, the, the uh, two minutes per box. And so my route became a 41. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't grieve that because that's part of the route maintenance, part of the route system. Unfortunately, if my previous carrier had not been cooking the books and kept herself at a 46K the whole time to get herself to retirement, and then when volume started coming back up with people in the housing market going up, skyrocketing like it did, the the um, route grew over 48K, so they cut it. And unfortunately, I was stuck at 41K for a while until more houses got people in them. Now I have almost 99% occupancy in my house, in my route with all the houses. So that's a benefit. I went up to a 42 because of that. Getting rid of all those vacants put me up to a 42. How you work your route is important. Now, there is a grievance you can make if you bid on a route and it says 44K and your day off is a specific day on the bid, then you can grieve 
that it's not what they said it was going to be if they cut your route before you get placed on it. Yeah, if they're going to cut a route, that yeah. should be done before it's posted. Yes, that's the only grievance you can do if your route was cut when you're placed on it. And then you they, can, they actually have to put you back, make you whole with a 44K on that. Now, the two options they can do with that is put the mailboxes back on or pay you 44K until the next count. All right, next question. Last one we got on this list is, what can I do about my union rep not doing their job? For every grievance I file, they have private meetings with management before talking to me and always seem to help management out and finds a way to dismiss my grievance. If that's happening with your local union steward, you need to go up the chain of command. Um, same if it's going on further up, then that definitely needs to be brought to the attention up the chain of command for the steward system. Yes, because that's that's failure to represent. Yes, and if you have initiated yep. that grievance, they cannot just dismiss it. They have to have you involved to dismiss it. Well, what happens when the national steward person uh, seems to be helping management out? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I was just talking out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, David. It, yeah, I, I hope you're not listening to the podcast tonight. Well, the national one would have to go with the National Labor Relations Board. You'd have to file a labor charge against the union with the National Labor Relations Board. And that gets very messy because I can guarantee you that the national board keeps meticulous records to prevent that from happening. They have over over two hundred or over yeah two hundred uh, wait wait hundred hundred and what hundred twenty years of experience in the board, even though it's not the same people, but they have hundred twenty years of experience dealing with uh, people who file labor charges against the national board. So they know what they're doing up there to protect themselves from that. It's the same at down at the district level, state level. It all gets passed down. Mm -hmm. The reason the reason why us stewards try to take meticulous notes during grievances is because we've been burned by management before. The union has been burned by management before. You see it all the time too. Just now with the rec stuff, we're getting burned with that. The national board's doing what they can. They don't release a lot of information on that because unless they have pen to paper, it's not official. And anybody who decides to release information early before pen to paper is not somebody you can trust. Because, oh, we've... Oh, we've got an agreement. We've got an agreement. Oh, we signed an agreement that's different from what you told everybody it was, didn't we? So now they look like fools for releasing the information early. That's not accurate. And the other party has a leg up in next negotiations. Because 
you're still leaking information to people to try and change their opinions on things. Well, now that's a negotiation tool and is a benefit actually in arbitration because it makes them look like a fool in front of the arbitrator. That's why the national board waits to release stuff until they have it with dried ink on paper because it protects them from management. No matter what management decides to do on their own. Yeah. Yes. And that's why everything they do is on paper with pen to paper and written down. So you have a record. Yes. And that goes the same with case building for your grievances. Having proof he said, she said goes nowhere. Because you can't play a he said, she said, well, she said this, he said that. You got to have documentation of who said what, when, where, how. I mean, that's about the only way that you could build anything to get it to go through. He said, she said, just doesn't work. Let's just take a cue from from, uh, the Johnny Depp trial. Objection. (laughs) He will say. (laughs) What was that, Bill? Case in point, I had a situation in our office, and I spent two hours of Z time questioning everybody in the office. Uh, out of the 18 carriers, only one abstained because I love America. I love working here. The post office is good to me. I don't want to say nothing. But the other 17 witnesses all verified the information uh, that it purported the or supported the grievance. And when I told the uh, postmaster during the, the step one um, process, I said, I've got 17 carriers here. He goes, oh, so it wasn't unanimous. And, <laughs> and I looked at him, and I, and I looked at him and I said, well, put it this way. I said, when this goes up to step two, I said, you're really going to look stupid. He said, go ahead, go ahead, send it up to step two. I said, okay, sign off on it. So he, he signed off as being, you know, dismissed and, uh, I turned around, I, I walked right to the counter, got me an envelope and uh, certified, you know, um, tags. I'm, I'm sitting in the break room filling it out. He comes in, he goes, can we discuss this a little more? I said, no. And he goes, what do you mean no? I said, no. I said, no. you dismissed it. I've got your signature on the papers dismissing it. He goes, I can't have that going to step two. And I said, too late. Well, by time we, by time we were done... 17 carriers in our office had a $200 gas payment that week. <laughs> nice. I, I gave him two days to actually get them filled out and paid. And he did. Nice. Yeah. So. To actually step up and be forthright on that. That's, that's kudos on that. I'll give him that. Yep. All right, we got anything else to add tonight, guys, so we can wind it down? Well, it's pretty good so far. I mean, you know. yeah. Yeah, we had, we kind of had a layoff of the hot topics right now. It's <laughs> But this kind of goes in hand with it just a, just a little bit, because I know there's a lot of um, questions yeah. and people wanting to step up to run for stewards. Um, I applaud you. It is definitely a thankless position. Um, and you'll get heat from both sides. Yes, yep. yes, you will. Yep. 
and uh, definitely those that have never filed a grievance before and always get complaints of, well, I talked to my steward, but my grievance never got filed. No, they can't file it for you. We're the one craft yeah. that you have to initiate that grievance yourself. Uh, the only exception would be class action, which affects two or more carriers within that office. Um, Even if it's, the steward is one of those two. Correct. That's that's the only time that the steward can actually file a class a, is class action. Yep. It's it's got to affect more than one. And if it affects more than one, it's definitely worth it to file that class action to get it fixed. Mm hmm. Definitely. So on that note, we're going to wind it down for this evening. Um, I think I'm going to talk to James and see if he wants to do something closer to midweek on mapping. Since we're both facilitators, I know that's been another hot topic lately. We've been getting a lot of questions on. Yeah, we can do that. We'll get together on that sometime this week. Don't know what day, but we'll get, get to it. And we'll let you let you know when we do that but uh mike any final last final words and thoughts for this evening i'll just say this um when i uh when the 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 day i posted the notice uh for the steward election i posted it in the afternoon um when i got off uh, after i was done with the route that morning i had I had three carriers come up and ask me three different questions about the contract. And I'm like, you know, really, this is my life now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but honestly, if, um, you know, cause I, I, I see this stuff on social media, people, uh, well, I, I don't hear from, you know, we don't have a local steward. We have to, you know, we have an ADR and they, they don't respond to my phone calls. So I tried phone calling. I tried emailing. I, I never hear from them. And that's kind of the reason, you know, don't, no disrespect to, to our to the ADRs in our area, but it was like, you know, I, I was just doing it just one of the reasons I did it was because I wanted someone who would be responsive to the local carrier. And if I, if I do that, then um, I think I'm doing my job. Um, but honestly, if it, whether, whether you have, whether you're a bigger office like me or a smaller office like Kristen, if you, if you don't have a local steward, don't look around for somebody else look in the mirror you can be the steward um as kristen said and i'm I'm sure i'm going to find out it's it's a thankless job um and no one's no one's going to be i don't i don't know that anyone's going to be happy with what i did i all i told them is that i can all all i can do is my best and that's all of uh and that's all i can say so have everyone have a good week yeah, I wish you the best of luck on your journey as the local steward, Mike. Welcome to the club. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all do, man. Hey, is is that they 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 said there was some sort of secret handshake, and uh, they haven't taught me that yet. Is, is, can we talk we'll about that we'll after? Teach, we'll teach you at mid Okay. <laughs> <laughs> James, your final words and thoughts for this evening. Yeah. If anybody wants to step up and be a steward, you can. It doesn't take much to be a steward. All you have to do is know your contract, know your manuals, and know your job. And that's 95% of what a steward does, is knowing all that stuff. 
And if you know your stuff and you think you can help the craft and be a steward in your office and take care of your carriers and care for your carriers, then it's the most satisfying position you can have in, in the union. Um, if you're a carrier and you know your management's doing something wrong, it is your responsibility to step up and fix it. It's your responsibility to say to management, hey, can we talk about this? And do me do us all a favor. Try not to talk about it on the workroom floor in front of everybody. Be kind. Be kind to management if you can, if your management's kind, and talk about it in a in a break room or in a conference room, somewhere off the workroom floor, so that way and that, you guys can have peace and peace and quiet to discuss it, where you guys can focus on each other and talk about it. And don't get angry. Don't get loud. Don't get upset. If they're not willing to meet you with it, then you file a grievance. That is your responsibility as a rural carrier. And for all the stuff that we go through and all the things that we've done as carriers, our job is the same it's been since you applied and got the position, since you started as an RCA and moved your way up to PTF or a regular carrier. The job is the same. The difference is technology is the only thing that's changed, but we all are in this together. We all need to stick together, dues paying and non-dues paying. It doesn't matter. We're all brothers and sisters here in the craft and we all have a job to do and we're going to do it right and safe to get home to our families. Bill. The stage is yours, dear. Oh. Well, he's right. It, it is a very rewarding opportunity to become a steward and representing your office and carriers. It, it's, I, I find it even more rewarding when I am able to assist somebody who's not particularly fond of me and I them. But it doesn't matter because they're still, like you said, our brothers and sisters in the union. And what I do for them, I do for all. And what I mean is that if I'm representing that individual, I'm representing the entirety of our union across the country. For every time you have an infraction and you file a grievance and you follow up and you win it, you're winning it for the entire union. Not just for that individual, but they see it as that or your office, but for the entire union, because that goes, like you said, it goes into the database of 120 years showing that management is perpetuating a situation that needs to be corrected. Whether I like you or not, I'll represent you the same way. I'll fight for you the same way. And I'll do my damnest to get the settlement that we want. That's the basis of the union. It doesn't discriminate likes, dislikes male or female, binary, non-binary, black, white, yellow, green, purple, doesn't matter. We're all the same color. We're blue. We're postal blue. And if you don't stand up for one, then you failed your job. So if you see anything going on in your office that just seems a little out of whack, talk to the carrier, talk to management, talk to the steward. Get the situation addressed before it becomes 
aka cherry picking situation where they just take little nibbles out of you, little nibbles out of you. And the next thing you know, you're doing clerk work or you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing uh, off the clock, on the clock. Address each situation before it becomes a molehill into a mountain. Put it down right away. Um, I, I have a situation in my office that you know, right now is infuriating me beyond belief, but tomorrow I'll go in, I'll talk to the postmaster in a calm fashion, we'll address it, and if it doesn't get resolved, then, then I file a grievance, okay? And that'll be class action grievance, but it'll be class action grievance for everybody, not for the people I like, not for the people I don't like, but for everybody, because it affects everybody. That's my position, you know, and I didn't learn that the first time I was a steward. I took it personally. It's not personal. You have a job to do. Just, you know, just remove yourself from the from the, the proposition and say, this is my focus. This is my goal. How do I achieve it? And, and just focus in and do that, okay? I, I can't say enough about, you know, the people who are locals, they put in, like myself, you put in hours you're not getting paid for, you're doing a, a ton of work you're not getting paid for, you're doing podcasts you're not getting paid for, you're reading <laughs> books, you're reading books, manuals and contracts and everything else that we're not getting paid for. And this is the time we take away from our families to help you. So please take advantage of our knowledge, experience, the information we provide and put it to use because an educated carrier is the most dangerous person in the office as far as management's concerned because they can't bully them. Absolutely. So if you don't have the time, if you don't have the time to invest in your job, I don't know what you have time for. But if you really are pressed in situations where you don't have the time, and there are situations, understandably, that you don't, then come to us. We'll help you. And there's plenty of people out here that are willing to help you. All you have to do is ask. With that, everybody go out, have a good week, be safe, do the job to the best of your ability, do more than six scans a day, be safe. You're the most important delivery today. Get home to your loved ones because they're the people who really matter in your life, besides me. <laughs> thank you bill thank you to everybody tonight yep tomorrow's monday everybody be safe out there and uh we may a couple of us may be back uh midweek if not we'll definitely see you back next week have a good one